Welcome to the Post Ride Cafe with your hosts, Sam and Aaron. The podcast all about cycling. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Post Ride Cafe. I'm Sam. This is Aaron. And welcome to episode 26. Uh, dude, was that an intro I just heard? Dude, it is. It's been, uh, it's been some time coming. I guess so, man. It's nice to have it. Yeah, I mean, I think it sounds good. Hopefully, everybody else does. It's true. We'll let the uh, the listeners make that decision, I suppose. But yeah, uh, yeah. Well, let's get into the episode. So today we're going to continue on team breakdowns. We're going to discuss Bora Hansgrove, as well as some ancillary cycling news. Looks like Quintana was involved in a crash. Campenarts goes crazy, and Sunweb announces their team schedule. And surprise, it's not what you expect. All that and more. But first, how can people find us? Yeah, they can get to us at Post Ride Cafe on Instagram and at Post Ride Cafe on Twitter. Awesome. And all that's located in our show notes, which we also have links to our Strava pages if you want to follow us there. Let's get right into our Strava stats of the week. Stats. Uh, it seems we're still not sponsored by Strava, but I think you had said that you sponsor them. That's kind of strange. I I mean it's it's an upstart dude. They got somebody's got to help them out. Uh, that's fair. Well, for me, I only got uh, sixty miles in and thirteen hundred feet, so a little disappointing. But I got some life stuff going on. I got a wedding I'm planning, and I got to get yard stuff done. So it's been a little more yard worky than bike ridey this week. What about you, man? Uh, I see. I have two hundred miles now. I, I had one hundred ninety-seven miles a few seconds ago, but uh, so yeah. 197 miles and 10,100 feet, so not, not yeah, too bad well, a week. Yeah, that's the beauty of Google Docs, dude. I can edit it on the fly. You know, I, I know you kind of get a little antsy about that 197. 200 sounds cooler. You know, I ratted you up. Thanks, man. I, I should have just took a lap around the block. Should have. I know I've had a hard time getting to 100, so I know the, I know the feeling. But uh, let's get into our ride of the week. For me, I wanted to touch base on... A recovery ride I did. I know the week before I had ridden with West Valley Group, and there was a guy that's pretty strong and does some pretty hefty pulls. And but I see he pedals real slow. We kind of talked about it last week, and I was discussing it with him. And I was like, you know what? I want to try this lower cadence, sort of low heart rate, you know, recovery ride. And so I did that on Tuesday. And I will say, I actually had a pretty good experience. I didn't feel like I was really even like tired. So normally when I do even a zone two ride where I'm trying to keep my heart rate in the 140s, I, I kind of just still feel really tired and worn out. So uh, going at lower cadence, you know, my power is up a little bit, but I didn't feel any fatigue and uh, just felt really rested. So I actually, I don't know, I'm kind of liking it so far. Yeah, it's I mean, I know you've mentioned that before, like in climbing, that you feel like you do better at a lower cadence and a higher gear where I'm kind of the opposite, which I mean, I think is fine. But if that's working for you, because I know that would be just too taxing on my body. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I'm going to keep down this path for a little bit, but so far I'm kind of digging it. Yeah, that's sweet, man. Yeah. What about uh, you? I, I think you might have a few rides this week to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna. You have down here any ride in Boulder, which is pretty true. Uh, I hit a kind of a gravel bike, uh, mountain bike trail that people do out here called the Dirty Bismarck, which 
wasn't too bad on, but a little bit of suspension would have been nice. It just going some over the rocky parts, it just wears you out. Um, hit a sweet one up to Carter Lake, which really nice, just really pretty ride out there. Um, yeah. But I was going to say the one for the week, uh, I'll probably just give it to today's just because I felt like I was climbing a little better. Maybe I had some tailwind or I didn't have the same headwind. It was up that Jamestown climb that we had done uh, last year. But yeah, uh, I'll have a video of it. But a couple guys passed me on the flatter part. And then when the climb happens, I was... I knew what was going to be happening. I was like, they didn't pull away, pull away on the flatter part. And I was like, okay, I got this on the climb. So I just, I just blew past a bunch of people. So it was pretty, pretty nice. And it wasn't my best time up there. I think it was about just for that, the, the section, I guess the second half of that, it was, I don't know, like a minute and a half slower, which yeah. is a lot, but it was still high up there for like the best time of the day or, or, or whatever. So it's just, to, it's nice to be getting back to doing a little better at altitude. Oh, for sure. So I guess McNulty didn't write it. Uh, you know, he didn't cause I would have been, you know, double, triple the speed. Yeah, for sure. No, that's cool. I mean, the pictures and the, the video look great. So it's a, it's a great place to ride. I see why people uh, pretty much make it the Mecca of American cycling for sure. Yeah, so I'm trying to blow up that uh, Instagram feed. Dude, I see. I'm getting. Uh, I started muting you. It was too many. I was like, I can't handle all this. <laughs> all right, well, let's get into some news. Uh, looks like earlier this week, Quintana was hit by a car, uh, unfortunately. But good news, he didn't have any major injuries, no fractures or anything. But you know, some soft tissue damage, and his doctor had ordered two weeks of rest. So, how do you think that's going to impact him for the tour? Yeah. I feel like the big thing is they said it was, uh, I forgot the wording that they used, but like absolute rest, which was kind of different than taking a rest day. Like you're not yeah. supposed to do anything. So that I think that's going to, I think it's going to push them back a little bit. It'd be hard to imagine this close to getting to things that it's not going to hold them back. Maybe he'll do really well in the third week because of it, but yeah, I would have to imagine it's going to impact a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, the, I, my original thought was like, you know, with these guys never taking a lot of time off, like two weeks of absolute rest, like a month before the tour sounds like it could be awful, but it could have that effect where you're just kind of more refreshed than everybody. But I think in this particular season, everyone's kind of refreshed because of the pandemic and lockdown. So a lot of people are just had had more time off their bike, hanging out with their families and hanging out with goats or whatever. And so I think that uh, everyone's kind of just in that refreshed state. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think there's going to be, you know, absolute rest for two weeks. He's going to have some setback. But if the first week isn't too chaotic or anything like that, he should be pretty set up for the second and third week for sure. I feel like the first week had some climbs pretty quick. Yeah. We'll see. I think it's going to be it's going to be tough either way. Yeah, definitely. Well, good luck to him. Hopefully he recovers. He obviously has had a great start to the season, you know, a couple wins, and he just seems really ready to prove himself at the Tour again. And so it's kind of unfortunate that he had this setback. But, you know, hopefully he recovers quickly and, and doesn't have too much of a, of a hitch there. 
Yeah, I'd say another guy uh, might need to recover from from his own doing here with Campanarts going. Dude, this extreme. guy is insane. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what that would even be like. Because I would say I've been to, what is it, 7,000 meters or so? Whatever 20,000 feet is. Sounds and, about right. And I feel like, you feel like you're going to die. Like, it's yeah. really bad. And this well, is 10,000 meters. Yeah, so real quick, just for people who aren't aware, but a couple of weeks ago, Campanars had a, a news article where he was doing hypoxic training in, like, a tent. And so he was doing, you know, 4,000, 5,000 feet or uh, meters, you know, altitude kind of simulation. And so he's trying to simulate that altitude camp. But this last week, he's kind of cranked it up to 11 and set it up for an hour a day to be at 10,000 meters, which is like 1,200 meters almost above like Mount Everest. So basically, he calls it intermittent hypoxic training. So he's just basically starving himself of oxygen and forcing his body to um, overstimulate red blood cells, right? Sort of that, what he called like being on EPO. And so... You know, he was commenting how, like, he can't focus. He tries using his phone and texting, and it's just so many spelling errors. And, like, you know, do you really want to be doing this? You know, for what? You know, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, I'd say, and if this is over Everest, I think they say the top, I don't know, it's like four or 5,000 feet is the death zone on Everest. And this is above that. So it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you know, in the article, he said that he wants to... He's kind of testing it out himself. He's like a guinea pig. But, I mean, I'm all for that, you know, if you want to do your own science experiments. But this seems a little bit over the top and, I don't know, just unnecessarily dangerous. I guess he could just be an adrenaline junkie. Yeah. We've also talked about this could be like a pre-covering uh, up of some EPO. And he's the one who mentioned that in his yeah. own words. So it's like... I don't know. Yeah, if it definitely just... sets the stage for something like that to occur. And then he's like, no, I, obviously I talked about it. So therefore I'm totally covered. Yeah. Seems like they could be trying to get ahead of it, which is uh, not good. Because the more you mention it, there's there's already going to be questions. Because I'm sure we're not the only ones who thought that. Oh, for sure. Well, it's weird too. His main goals for the season are the World Championships, I'm assuming the time trial, and then also the Giro. So, I mean, those are like two months away so i don't even know what this altitude camp will do for him in two months you know so you know if he does this again in the month before the giro like if he, if he does this again next month then we'll see but maybe he's just using it as a slight learning curve to see and dial it in for the giro but it just seems like playing with fire to me yeah i would like to see like if they take the you know blood passport or whatever levels and see where he's at next month or if that becomes an article yeah right for sure well we'll see that's just a weird thing i just wanted to touch base like he's just seems to be losing his mind but another uh, losing their mind is team sunweb man did you see they announced their team schedules for the tour in the giro like oddly enough michael matthews not on the tour de france team yeah i mean as much as he talk crap like he should be there it's a yeah, especially when they're losing so much in their other teammates, in, in the couple guys that, that look like they're leaving the team, like Sam Uman. You know, you want to focus on what you have, and if like we're looking at, you know, if you have Benut, a few classics type guys, like 
Matthews fits right into that, and he's also not writing classics, so it's it's a weird schedule. Yeah, no, it's very strange. I think that uh, you know, so who is going? It's Tish Benut, uh, Nicholas Roach, Cease Bowl is their sprinter option, and then they have some domestiques, you know, Nikias Arndt and Soren Crack Anderson. So I don't even understand what this team's trying to do. It seems like it's built around Benut or Anderson, but that doesn't really make sense for the Tour de France. Are they just stage hunting or just like throwing a bunch of wolves, you know, or uh, sheep to the wolves and seeing how they perform? I, I don't understand the team with the biggest race of the season. They send sort of a hodgepodge. I mean, you know, Benut, obviously not like a, he's worth going to the Tour de France, but I don't know if I'd build a team around him. It's just very strange. I feel like they announced him as the team leader. What, you know, whatever that means. Like, I don't think that necessarily means GC, but I think they're, going all in for him to win stages. I, I don't know. It's it's weird. Usually if if you go if you have options for for GC, you go for it. But maybe they're just they know Uman's leaving, so they're not going to give him priority. Yeah. I, it's odd. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Like their Giro team looks really good, right? And I it just seems like very strange. Like the Giro team seems like they're trying to do something. You know, you have Wilco Kelderman and Sam Uman, which we had you just said they're both leaving the team. So it makes sense why they wouldn't want to bring them into the tour as a leader per se. You know, those tour, you know, world tour points, etc. But to put Michael Matthews there, you know, it's just very strange. Like the tour is his best chance to get them some wins and maybe green jersey, I guess, but it just seems very strange. But the Giro team looks interesting. So, you know, the Giro team I'll I'll be cheering for in a sense, like be kind of cool to see what they do, but there's not a lot of sprinting opportunities for Michael Matthews, and there's not a lot of like medium mountain states. It's like it's just a, it's a weird, it's a weird one. Well, I mean, a couple of things we've said before that he always has to copy Sagan, and it's basically the same as Sagan's schedule. Although he's supposed to do the tour as well, but also maybe they're just kind of conceding that they have no chance at the tour and they're going to put a good team together for something else like the Giro. Well, yeah, I mean, I get that. But, you know, Michael Matthews has the capability to be in a medium mountain stage or whatever those transition stages and get a stage win or even compete for the green jersey. I mean, you know, if Sagan's in good form, it's really hard to beat him. But, you know, we've seen either you can crash out or you can get disqualified or whatever. Like, there's a lot of things that crashes or whatever. so. There's a lot of reasons that you should compete for the green jersey, and I think that was their best bet. I just don't see that Tour de France team doing anything. It's just not focused. Yeah, no, it's odd. I, I think, I think something's going to come out later, especially with what moves they're trying to make to get maybe Bardet and and all that. Like there, something's going to come out of why this really happened. I think there was there was an article that. The manager commented on Michael Matthews, and he was just basically like, "It's up to the team; it's not up to the writer." Like it didn't give more information, but yeah, I think something's going to come out later. Yeah, I'd be interested to see because you know the only thing that makes sense is they want to see what Tijbunu could do, given like support. But I don't even think he wants that. That article that he talked about it, he was just like, "I don't really know. That's what I want to do." So. Very strange, but yeah, I guess the road will tell us. So come Tour de France uh, August, we'll see how uh, Sunweb does. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah, well, moving on, let's get into our main topic. We want to 
you know, we're down to three teams left. And so, you know, being the top three ranked teams, we figured it was probably a good idea just to have one team per episode instead of our normal double with last week's episode being a reason why. There's a lot more to talk about on these top three teams. So uh, having said that, we're doing Bohr Hemsgrove and real quick 2019 stats recap. They were ranked third, uh, which was the same as the year before. They had 47 victories overall, 31 of those on the world tour, and 29 of those being stages. And a big thing for them, they had zero classics. So uh, 2018 comparison, they had 33 victories, 22 of them world tour, 18 of those stages with two classics, with Sagan taking on the Paris-Roubaix Heyman, as I call it, and the Gent Webb. <laughs> so, you know, a better season for them overall. Their team quality has improved, but you know, kind of a disappointment in classic. So team identity, they're definitely stage hunters, classics and sprint team. And they're kind of, you know, we'll get to it. They're kind of trying to turn into a GC team, but let's get on to key signings and losses. What do you, what do you got over there? man? Yeah. So you don't have one for signings, but I'm, I'm going to throw down uh Leonard Kamna on here as a key signing. If right. I don't know if he was injured before, but he's a good climbing domestic. And I think they're pushing the team more that way. Uh, so him for the signing, uh, big loss though in Bennett and Formolo. A lot of lot of wins coming from Bennett. Uh, yeah, their their key writers kind of right now are Sagan, Ackerman, and, and Bookman. Yeah, well, you can make a case for Shockman as well, but you know as we'll t- discuss, there's a plethora of options on this team. So uh, real quick before we get to our topics, what are your personal thoughts? I kind of missed this last week, but what's your personal thoughts on this team? I mean. It's got to be my favorite team since Sagan's on there. Uh, I think they've done a good job in moving away from from him as well, just because he hasn't been doing as well, and he kind of seems okay with that, at least from the outside view. And so it, it's good that they're building around other riders and, and changing that, because they were just Sagan team to start with. Yeah, I mean, I would kind of echo that. I think they've done a very good job of moving away from Sagan and building a really strong team with him as their focus. But now it's as he's gotten older and it seems his priorities have changed a little bit. He's willing to walk away from the sole responsibility and really is helpful and welcoming to all of his other teammates that are coming up. So um, they've done a really good job on the culture of that team of making everyone happy, relatively speaking, obviously. But uh, they've definitely brought in some really good domestiques and riders that have built themselves up into high-quality caliber riders. So I, I really like the team. Uh, just seeing their growth over the last couple seasons has just been impressive, especially with how competitive and tough it is for teams to kind of make a name for themselves. To you know, when they first started and they got Sagan, like they were just Sagan. That was it. It was almost like CCC team with um, what's his name, Greg Van. GVA. So yeah. so seeing them just. You know, they have a really involved uh, owner and everything. So they just really want to grow that German presence. And so they just have some great riders. So I, I like this team too. Yeah. And they kind of have a little bit of that uh, de Kunic, like doesn't matter who wins because they have been getting a lot of wins from different guys. There's there's definitely a few we're pulling a lot, but you're saying like they're German guys. Everybody seems to to do well and, and be really good domestiques as if it comes down to it as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, we both were watching this team when they first got Sagan and it was like, 
he didn't have a lot of help. And then all of a sudden they started getting one or two riders a year and just slowly building it up. They weren't trying to like build it immediately and buy these expensive riders to come in and big names. And so they just started finding young talent. And now they have like some of the best domestiques as far as, you know, pulling back brakes or all this stuff. And, you know, they're like quick step in attitude, but they're, they're more sprint focused than classic focused, I guess, with their team. Obviously with Sagan, they're always on, a, on the hunt for the classics, but I think that's still their Achilles heel. Um, they definitely have him, you know, it's Sagan and, and Daniel Oss, basically, and everyone else is, is helpful, but they're really a, more of a sprint team, it seems, these days. But um, the one the one negative is, you know, what happened with Sam Bennett last season was a pretty rough way to finish that out. Yeah, that was a bummer because, I mean, he had been on the team bef- before it was even under their last name before there was hands grow. And so he'd been there forever. Didn't seem like that they treated him very fairly, especially for how good he was doing and, and the and the wins that he was giving them. Yeah. I mean, so Sam Bennett was an amazing sprinter last season, right up there with uh, Ackerman. And so they really had a, they wanted to have their cake and eat it too. It seemed like they had an agreement with them supposedly, and then they weren't really giving him a full contract. And so he wanted to go elsewhere, but they were dragging their feet saying they were trying to hold him to this verbal agreement. And so eventually they let him go and he joined Quickstep and, and all as well. But yeah, they they just it was the best choice for both of them because there just wasn't enough room on this team for Sagan, two big sprinters that deserve full leadership and Bookman and GC. So obviously Shockman as well. So they have a, pl- a plethora of great talent. And so. They just really wouldn't have done Bennett any justice or their team by having uh, both of those top-end sprinters. It just made no sense. So I'm glad that they finally came to their senses and let him go, and, and he got to do his own thing. Yeah, they should just let him go sooner rather than making a big deal about it or there's contract or money stuff. But it, it's definitely better that he's not there for, for everyone. Yeah, for sure. Well... You know, having said that, you know, we were kind of talking earlier, you know, before we get into the, the little main topic of the three main riders, like just their overall team, like we had said, is, is just strong. I mean, you know, you got Sagan and you have um, Ackerman and you have Bookman, but you have Daniel Oss, who's a stud. You have, I'm um, just kind of going down the list, um, Oscar Gatto, but no, you have Marcus Berghardt is a beast. Shockman has been great. Uh, Patrick Conrad has been a great domestique. Um, Bodnar as well. Just a yeah, super Wagner, time trial engine. Yeah, Felix Groschardner. Like, they just have such a strong group of dudes. Greg Mulberger. Like, they just have just motors for days on this team, it seems. I think the, the difference is a lot is of teams. Like, they've stuck with some of these guys for a while. Like, they, they weren't big names to that came in. They were on this team for some time. Yeah, well, you know. Yeah, they've just done a really great job. It's almost like we had talked about before with uh, FDJ. They, they've done a really good job of developing these young guys and keeping them like part of the system. Yeah. So, and maybe it's well, kind of like a, this is a German team. That's a French thing that they want to, they want to have a, a route into the world tour for some of these guys. So they, they keep it a little bit national for that reason. Yeah. Well, I think it helps because it gives those guys a, something to strive for, like you said, but, you know, with Germans, they have kind of had a spotty history lately with, you know, they had a, some doping scandals in the nineties and they kind of just 
lost interest in cycling and so in the, in the public perception. So they're, I think with their new management and stuff, I think they're really motivated to kind of bring that uh, prestige back to the German cycling community. And so they've done a superb job. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I really agree. Yeah. Well, let's get into our main topic. So we have Sagan uh, is credit to him. So last, before everything went crazy, he decided he was going to do, he committed to doing the Giro d'Italia, right? Which is a big deal. He's never done it. He's always wanted to do it. I think, well, he done it, he had done it like earlier in his career, but. I don't think so. But is that, he hasn't done it at all? I couldn't, I no, couldn't remember. It always, it always clashed with the Tour of California. Oh yeah, that's right. So yeah, so this was his one chance to do it and he's like, cool, I'll go. Um, but with the pandemic and everything and the new calendar, it overlaps with the classics. And so he's like, you know what? I made my word. Uh, I gave them my word. I'd go and, and he's going to stick to it and abandon, you know, Flanders and Roubaix, like the big named classics for the Giro. So props to him. Um, originally it was like, was he going to go hard at the Giro? Was it going to ruin his Tour de France chances for a green? But, you know, now it's kind of aligned where he can do both and really do the green jersey first. So I think he's going to go for that and, and go for green. But, you know, as we'll get to in a minute, the team's really built around Bookman, but it's going to be exciting to see him in the Giro. It's a beautiful race, and it's going to be just great to see him, you know, go for, uh, maybe he can get in pink or something for a little bit. Yeah, I would say, I mean, I think it's still really weird, and I don't, maybe it's a money thing, and maybe we've talked about, like, him moving out of the sport, potentially. And so he's he wants to do this. He always wanted to, so I'll do it now so I can leave next year or the year after. Cause I, I don't really think there's much more for him to prove to get another green. Maybe, yeah. you know, he wants another classic, but, uh, but I don't think there's really any reason for him to be in top form to get green. Uh, I think he should, like you said, kind of just have a good time at the Giro and kind of show off a little bit if he's, if he's feeling it. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, with Matthews not being there and if he's in decent form, there's really no reason he can't just sort of fall into the green jersey like he has been. So I think he'll get it, but I don't, I think you're right. I don't think he's going to do as much work as he has done in years past to get the green. Um, but otherwise, he's just going to be helping Bookman. So yeah, I think you're right. You know, we kind of talk about it a little bit with, with Sagan. He seems burnt out or disinterested in really coming in and doing a, a full season of cycling. It's an all year long process these days. So I think something's going on with him and he's kind of just burnt out. He talked about wanting to do Dirty Kansas at some point. And so I think he just wanna, wants to fade away. And, and he's big enough where he can be specialized sponsor outside of cy- uh, pro cycling. And so he can make enough money and just do independent Grand Fondos and go do these, you know, off calendar events and, and still make a good living, I think. So I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't renew or he goes to like quick step and just tries to like win a bunch of classics or something. That would be cool. Now I was going to say, I think that the guy who won the Dirty Kansas, I think the is that Colin something, he's, uh, I think he's like in his thirties or early thirties and he turned down like pro contracts. Cause he's like, I make more on uh, uh, sponsors and I'm too old to start that. I don't want to go to Europe. I don't want to leave my family. And he's just like, I'll stick with what I got. I'm fine. And so maybe he's, kind of looking at that same model like you don't have to have a traditional route yeah 
That one was a little bit unique just because they were going to offer, he was going to go to EF education and they were going to offer him like the minimum amount to be a pro rider. And so he's like, I just can't do it. He's like, I would love to go ride Paris-Roubaix, but I just can't afford it when I've worked so hard to develop my own profile and develop my own sponsorships that he didn't walk away, which I, I definitely agree with him and I applaud his integrity. But um, yeah, but I think Sagan is kind of in the same boat. I think he much rather, he just likes dealing with people and not pro scene and like interviews and all that garbage. So I think he just doesn't like the spotlight in that sense. Well, it's just the same questions every every week, every every year, over and over again. Yeah, well... We will see. I, I think he's going to go for green. I don't know what he's going to do in the Giro. I think he's going to go and have fun. I think you're right. I don't think they have big uh, plans for the Giro uh, besides sprinting with Ackerman. So they're kind of leaving him open to do his own thing, I think, there. so. But speaking of Ackerman, um, looks like... Uh, oh, yeah, he was not doing the Giro. I'm sorry. Uh, he's doing the Vuelta only. Yeah, I, my bad. I forgot about that. Yeah, what about Ackerman? That's so strange. Yeah, that's. it seems kind of... a. Uh... A little knock to him, especially when he had the Giro last season, did really well. And you would think that the progression is to go to the Tour if you're winning a bunch of sprint stages and not go to the one that's not sprint um, heavy, like the Volta. I think, yeah, like I, I, we had talked to you know a little bit ago off off air. Like, I think the big thing is they're moving Sagan out, and they're like, all right, just give him a year or so like this, and then you'll be our main guy. Um, and maybe just he's going to get his one Vuelta in and, and then move on from there and just be Tour de France all the time. Yeah, no, it makes sense. It is very strange, though. I, I don't know who their Giro team is. And I don't know why they couldn't bring him, but like you said, since they're overlapping the Giro and the Vuelta, I think it's his one chance. Not his one, but like a, a decent chance to do the Vuelta and hopefully win a stage. Or two, there's really not a lot in the Vuelta for sprinters, but you know he can have his chance to win a tour stage in all three Grand Tours, which is a big deal for sprinters. So, yeah, I mean it'll be interesting. It's just so climb heavy. I just I don't even know if he's gonna make it to Madrid. Yeah, it's it's weird, but like you're saying, if you get one in every every tour, it's, it's kind of cool. That, and then just to get that out of the way this year, since it's an off year, anyways. Yeah. Well, I mean, one thing I will say props to him, uh, night and day difference in his response to people asking him about this snub, so to speak, to, to Michael Matthews. Like, he was like, yeah, no, that's the team's decided that. Like, I'm on board. Like, I, I want to go to the Volta. It's going to be great. You know, just PR correct. You know, he's just doing it right. He's not trying to cause drama. He understands the situation. I agree with you. I think they had some sort of discussion. Like, I think everyone kind of knows Sagan probably is not going to renew his contract next season. Um, so, you know, he's just doing his paces and he's going to come back next year and, and be their tour guy or, or the Giro guy, depending on our next topic, how Emmanuel Bookman does at this year's Tour de France. So they pretty much built the whole team around him, which, you know, when you think of Grobe two years ago, you never would have imagined them having a GC contender. They would build their team around and like give Sagan like one dude. Yeah. Has that been released of? Who's riding? Because I know they, they definitely have the team to do it. I just don't know. I didn't see everyone who was on there. You know, I did see something, and I don't know where it was. And I, I should have put it in the show notes. But, yeah, they're pretty much building the team around him. Uh, you know, they have all their other German guys and some of their key domestiques, uh, which can be used for anything. But, you know, they have some more climbing talent. I think Shockman might be going as well. He is. Um, 
But so yeah, they just kind of built the team around Bookman. I mean, look what he did last year. I mean, he was pretty much the only person on Bora who did anything in the Tour de France as far as like GC. Like he didn't have any help really. It was pretty much just him like hanging on to people's wheels and you know, and he got fourth. Pretty close to getting a podium. And so really impressive for someone so young and without any help at all and no training. Like he wasn't expected to do this well. I think they were just like top ten is gonna be great, you know. Yeah, he definitely surprised and, and just to be able to, to stick there, like you said, with, with nobody really helping him in the mountains because the team wasn't it wasn't built for him. And he was just fantastic. I think he he definitely held on at the end. There was a one of the last few days there was like a potential to kind of go for it, I guess, but you know, then there's always the potential to to crack and drop back and you know that wasn't worth it to try to get podium. But yeah. And and just being so young on there, there's no reason for it. I think be excited yeah. this year to see what he does. Yeah, me too. I'm actually, I am, I'm pretty stoked too. Like seeing some of these young guys, you know, we have Bernal obviously, and you have you know, Al Fleep, see what he's going to do again this year. Is he more prepared for it? If it is, he want to go for it. But yeah, Bookman just looked great. Like last year's Twitter fans had a lot of cool storylines that were unexpected, right? Al Fleep being a, the main one. And then I would say Bookman too, like just looked solid the whole time. He was very consistent. Yeah. I think he was just like always in the background. Like everyone was like, oh, he'll, he'll fade away but he was always like in the background and stuck with it the whole time and just was really consistent, which is, which is cool too from someone. He's not super young. He's 27, but I think that was his first tour. So young in, in riding grand tours. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see more uh, this season being so different than what you're expecting. And so, you know, they sometimes would build it around Micah or something, but, yeah, I'm I'm cheering him on. If he can podium, I think that would be a pretty solid result. But as we've seen, this is going to be a pretty stacked Tour de France. So he's going to have his work cut out for him. Dude, side note. Can I just say, thank goodness, not putting more focus on Micah. Like, I'm sure he's a nice dude, but he's just never was a main guy to get a podium or to be a leader. No. He just never had the little bit extra. He was a great domestique, but and he he won the polka dot jersey, which is perfect. But yeah, he's not the guy to be building it around. And they finally, I think, have let that go. So that, I think that's good. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. I like Micah. You know, he seems like a nice enough dude, like you said. But yeah, just he doesn't have the potential to win a three week stage race. Like, if anything, it'd be the Vuelta, but. He just doesn't have it. I think he's like a one-off, you know, stage hunter type guy. And, you know, once he's targeted and has to compete with like a actual group of dudes that can go crazy good in mountains, he just doesn't have it. He always gets dropped. And so he just doesn't have the the legs, unfortunately. I hate, I mean, I hate saying that, but, you know, just true. So I'm glad to see him kind of fade away in a sense and Bora move on. And, and, you know, they got Bookman, you know, whether that's luck or whatever, but. It's a, it's a great it's a great thing to fall back into. Yeah, I I could see Micah being on a different team next year. His contract's up this year. Yeah, I don't even know where he'd go. Uh, maybe UAE tour to be a domestique or something. I was going to say CCC. I mean, they're a Polish team as well. Yeah, it's true. He could be. Um, I mean, they have what Zakarian? Yeah, I mean, 
I can see why he would go. He just needs to recognize he's not a GC guy, but you know, as long as he gets a contract, I don't think he really cares. No, and he will. He will regardless. Yeah, I think he's good enough. Well, uh, young writers, uh, maybe I'm missing any, but I, I didn't see any. Am I, am I missing it? Or I don't think there is any. Uh, what is it? Under twenty three or twenty three and under? Like twenty three and under. I just I looked. You know, when I put this list together originally, it was like you know seven eight months ago, but. I don't think they yeah. picked anybody up recently, so. Uh, it would be Kamna, who's who's twenty three, uh, and Patrick Gamper, who I'm not super familiar with. Looks like he was coming from some continental teams, and he's a kind of an all rounder. I think he's just kind of hasn't come into too much yet. Like I, yeah, I've yeah. mentioned Kamna a few times. I feel like I'm most excited for him. He was on Sunweb for a few years. I don't know if he got injured, but I think he was, I think he's going to be a good climbing domestique. All right, cool. Yeah, I mean, doesn't fit the profile for points-wise. I just looked him up, but yeah, I mean, you are obviously a big fan of his team. and looks like he's German, so just another good, solid guy to add to their team squad. So, yeah, we'll see. Well, that leaves us pretty close to the end here. 2020 victories. They had... Um, you know, Shockman, right before the season ended, he got first place in a stage win at Perry Nice. So that was a pretty exciting race. And then uh, Ackerman had won a stage at the UAE Tour. So, you know, they had a good start. Just early on in the season, it's not really their forte. And so they don't really start heating up to classic season. And so, you know, Shockman getting Perry Nice was a big deal, I think, uh, for his growth. So we'll see how he develops into the next couple seasons. But he'll be domestiquing for a while. Yeah, that was an awesome race, though. Everybody was just going all out. Oh, yeah. Dude, these first couple races are going to be just blitz fast, man. Like, I'm super stoked for Strade Bianchi and Milan San Remo. They're going to be pretty just... I'm I'm look, I'm expecting them to be pretty exciting. I was like, say, I hope to be back for that. I want to get some barbecue and, and watch that together. I mean, I might have to do it with me and my, my new friends, so... <laughs> Which are your old friends. I just stole them. Oh, great. Yeah. Good call. Um, so, final note, uh, you know, one of my favorite parts, better or worse than 2019? <sighs> uh, it's a tough one. Well, it really boils down to, is not, not necessarily for Bookman, like, can he podium, but are they going to win a classic, right? That's a big meter, uh, you know, measuring stick for them. Um, but they don't really have anyone going to classics, I guess. Like, I, how do you really rank them? I really hope Sagan wins uh, San Remo. I, I feel like he's going to come in just crazy motivated. I know a lot of people are, but yeah, I I really think he's going to do well in that one. Um, I guess it would probably have to be worse, even even with the Perry Nice win, just just because they've had such a good season last year. Yeah. Now, would you be happy if he just won Strade Bianchi again? He hasn't won it. Sagan didn't win Strade Bianchi? I thought, he, I thought he's won it once. He got like second, I think a couple times, second or third. Oh, really? Yeah. To um, Kiwakowski and um, I, th- I think Cancellara beat him as well. I know Cancellara beat him. I didn't know Kiwakowski beat him. I, I thought he only beat him at Milan San Remo. Rub it in, man. Rub it in. I just love watching Sagan lose. No, it's always so disappointing. But I had thought for sure he had won a Strade Bianchi, but 
He has not. I was wrong. Oh, well, I'll take him winning and start a Bianchi then. All right. All right. I mean, but yeah, I agree. That, that's I, his dirty kids of prep. Exactly. I think he's going to, I think the team's going to do worse and no fault of their own. I mean, when you're at the top, it's, it's hard to be winning that many races every year unless you're taking a quick step. So they're obviously a very consistent team, but it's a different season. But I don't think they're going to have like that big result. I don't unfortunately count the green jersey as a result. So No, I mean, and it's it's been won so many times. It's like it's a whatever thing. I think at this point you got to you got to win something new. Well, I think if it was more competitive, it'd be worthwhile. But every time he wins it, it's gotten more competitive over time. But it's pretty much boring, really. So, um, and I don't see Ackerman winning a lot of stages at the Vuelta and Bookman. I mean, he's great, but I don't think he's going to podium with how competitive the Tour de France is going to be. So through no fault of their own, really, um, I don't think they're going to be better. It just doesn't look possible to me. Yeah, I, I think I just at, at the least hope that Everyone looks like they're progressing, and then so next year yeah. it's like a really good team. Shockman, I think, is going to be the the biggest thing for to watch and see where where he goes for the rest of the year. Yep, I agree. I think that's going to be their bright spot. Um, Bookman, if he can develop, like you said, awesome. Sagan, we already know who he is. Ackerman, unfortunately, is pretty much an off season for him, and so yeah, I think that's the best they're going to manage is is that. So. It'll be a pity. But anyway, it'll be cool. Just because yeah. it'll be racing. Yeah, but that's all it comes down to. <laughs> exactly. All right, well, I guess that buttons up this week. Next week, we're going to continue on with... Uh, we're down to two. We have Yumbo Visma next. So that'll be fun. A lot... Uh, the new Trident, I guess. And uh, some interesting things coming out of that team. So until next yeah. week. See ya, man. See ya.